Hello, everybody. Andy Jacob here with the dot-com magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series. I have a great show today. You know, we talk about disruption all the time, and we bring founders on who are doing amazing things, as you know from watching the show. But when Mr. John McMillan came across our desk and we saw what he and his team are doing at Shockwave Motors, we picked up the phone. We had to get him on the show. I mean, their team is trying to disrupt the personal transportation industry. And wait till you see some of the cars they put together. I'm not even sure if we call them cars. I'm going to leave it, up, leave, leave it up to John to tell us what it is. But you know from watching the show, I love vehicles. I love cars. I love motorcycles. I love how we get from point A to B. And what John has done with his team is they've made this disruption very fun, very interesting. I mean, very exciting. Wait till you see the colors of the cars and everything else they've got going. John, welcome to the dot-com magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series today. Thank you, Andy. It's a pleasure to be here. It's great to have you. We've spoken prior to the interview. We're going to put up some of the vehicles that you have on the screen. I don't even know if we call them cars. <laughs> They're super cool. I mean, anybody that's going to see it is going to want one. Before we get started, though, let's pull back the lens to 30,000 feet. Tell us about Shockwave Motors, and then we go. Okay. Well, Shockwave Motors, we've been in, in business, as you say, building these vehicles for several years now. Uh, I've had a lifelong passion for electric vehicles. In fact, one of my earliest memories is of my dad and I sitting on the kitchen floor. We were cleaning up this old car starter motor. And his idea was to put it on my little red pedal tractor. Well, as you can guess, that was a long time ago, and uh, it stuck in my head. I did an electric go-kart when I was in grade school. Physics project was a conversion for, in high school, mind you, was for a uh, electric vehicle conversion. That was like in the 70s, early 70s. Worked on them, built them, converted them for a number of years, and finally decided I wanted to build one to be as efficient as I possibly could. So that meant, for example, three wheels. Three wheels is less rolling resistance at slow speeds. Also means uh, better aerodynamics for better performance at high speeds. So that led us directly to the design layout of the Defiant EV3 Roadster. And it's just, it's, it's, it is a blast to drive. It is so much fun. You take the hard top off and cruise down the highway. Wow. Now you have a vehicle behind you. Yes. And you look at the vehicle. I'm looking at it, and I, I've seen it before, and I'm saying to myself, that would be so fun to drive. I mean, is that is that the Defiant, or what vehicle is that behind you right there? This one is the Defiant EV3 electric roadster. And we call it the Defiant because we are Defiant. Wow. I love it. Three people get in the vehicle. Is that right? That's correct. We have one seat in the front, the driver, and room for two in the back seat. Wow. And it looks like it has an ultra low center of gravity. Does that give it sort of a superior stability on the product? It does indeed. Uh, we have the center of gravity located right in front of the rear wheels and actually under the rear seat. So it's in, in on the same level as the axle back there. It's solid as a rock. We've actually had people come out and try to destabilize it because it is it is a front single wheel in the front. And we've had people try to destabilize it on, on, on curvy East Tennessee roads in the rain even. And they said, there's no trouble. This thing's never going to tip. Wow. I can't even imagine the kind of looks and the kind of honks and the kind of thumbs up and the yahoos and woo 
tunes you get riding that vehicle down the road. Am I right? Oh, you're 100% right. I can't even drive at the Walmart without having to spend an hour talking to people in the parking lot. I love it. <laughs> wow. People are going to go crazy over this. Now, let's talk about the range because, you know, you look at a vehicle like this, you know, how, how what's the range? Are you talking 100 miles? What's the range? Because that's all you need because you're going to have so much fun. You're going to want to take it home and probably take a rest after driving it around. <laughs> For sure. And we've got about 100 mile range per charge. And we've designed it for commuters. So the way it works is you could drive it up to about 100 miles, plug into any standard 120-volt outlet anywhere for a full recharge in about eight or nine hours and drive it another 100 miles back home. So you actually have up to, if necessary, a 200-mile-per-day charge, which is a range with up to uh, with level one charging stations, no, no special level twos or anything. Wow. I want to talk about your team in a, in a little bit, but okay, you just mentioned something that's amazing. I mean, people are probably like rewinding what you just said. You, you don't need a special plug for this vehicle. Let's talk you about that. Not. That's crazy. Yeah. As I said, we designed it for efficiency. And so we're about two to three times more efficient than a Nissan Leaf, for example. So because we're more efficient, we don't take as much power drain to drive it. So we can go a lot further on what, you know, with, we, can, we can go a lot further than typical vehicles with the smaller battery pack is what it boils down to. So it's now small, that, that, efficient, and fun. Wow. And that vehicle behind you, if I'm not mistaken, you can take that top off. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. This is a removable hard top. Latches in place. Two people, one either side of it, lift it up, carry it away. Amazing. And, of course, when we think about the sign that says, be part of an electric future. I love that. Mm -hmm. One thing that's going to come to mind, John, is safety. And mm -hmm. let's talk about the safety, because I know you've done some testing. I know that you're very proud of the, the way in which you've approached safety with the vehicle. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. Well, safety is our number one concern. We want people to, to, to get you know to work and home again as safely as possible. So to that end, we've had some design features included. For example, it is a front-wheel design, triangular-shaped vehicle. And what that means right off the bat is you're already two-thirds less likely to have a true head-on collision than in a conventional car. Because a conventional car is six feet wide. This is more like two and a half feet wide. So if you were to hit something, you would tend to glance off left or right. And we have a tubular steel reinforced chassis system that helps protect the drivers. We also have a roll bar-like protection system. So even with the hard top removed, you've got a roll bar. You've got seat belts, shoulder harnesses, front and rear crumple zones. Wow. You thought of it all. Now, I'm trying to think to myself because I'm looking at the vehicle. Everyone watching the show, they're going to say, what is this? Is this a motorcycle? Is this a car? Is this a you know a commuter? What, what are we calling this? Do you need a, a special license to drive it? What's the story here? Uh, the beauty of it is it is classified as a motorcycle. Anything less than four wheels is a motorcycle. And more specifically, the government came out and said, okay, if you have seat belts, shoulder harnesses, roll bar protection system, you have a steering wheel, you have seats, and you don't straddle like a motorcycle, then it becomes what's called an auto cycle. So it's a special case of motorcycle. And something like 44 states have said you don't need a motorcycle license, though, because it's more like a car. You don't need a helmet because it's protection. And, and, and a regular driver's license is all you need. 
Wow, I love it. The Defiant, Defiant EV3 Electric Roadster. Now, everybody's going to be watching the show. They're saying, can I buy one? I mean, where are we in the evolution as the entrepreneur, the founder, the CEO, and your team? Are they available for mass production? How can we buy one? Or when does that time start to happen? Great question. And we are pre-production. This is our third prototype. It is a minimum viable product meaning that we could go to production with this when we're ready to. And what it's going to take to get ready to is some additional capital, as you can well imagine. And I will also let you know that right now, in the next few weeks, we will be starting an equity crowdfunding campaign so that the average person can join us and, and literally be part of Electric Future by owning shares of stock in the company. Wow. And we hope to be able to be in production later this year be limited production but that's our plan yeah and of course we'll bring you back on the show when that gets underway so we can talk about that because i know it's going to be awesome now let's talk about your team how important has your team been to putting these prototypes out oh absolutely we are a team we've been together for a number of years we uh, some of us worked together on other projects even before we started this one and (laughs) we are absolutely committed and I tell people we are committed or somebody should commit us, one of the two. <laughs> but we yeah. are totally committed. That's great. Well, let's talk about it because you've built three of them. You're about right. to do an equity crowdfunding raise on the platform. Mm-hmm. We're going to have you back on the show when that starts so we can disclose it when it's ready to roll. Because I know you're very, very smart and strategic with the vehicle with sort of informing the public about what's happening even to the point that we want to hold back the equity crowdfunding opportunity until the time is right you're very very strategic in your entrepreneur career throughout the many years that you've been an entrepreneur and all the successes that you've had but let's talk about it where is this vehicle located i mean do you keep it in a garage? Do you have it, you know, in a location? Who's allowed to drive it? Because I want to fly to Tennessee and drive it if I can. <laughs> well, we'll see about making that happen for sure. Uh, you know, it's 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 in basically a garage right now. We uh, to help keep costs low, we haven't tried to rent a facility or buy a facility or things like that. So you know, it's 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 very low key startup. But that lean startup approach we're doing means we're going to be able to accomplish a lot more with even a smaller amount of money than a lot of companies. We've seen yeah, other companies that. try to do things and spend millions and millions and millions of dollars. And I think I've built more prototypes than they have. That's so incredible. we're just, yeah. Yeah. Lean startup for the people watching the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't need a big fancy office. You don't need the glass enclosed, you know, office space to start with. You put out your minimal viable product. And what I love about what you've done and, and the entire team over there, I mean, it's a remarkable Shockwave Motors team. I mean, the roster looks like a who's who of people that, you know, know how to get things to put together and take them to the finish line. Tell me about the first time you took the car, the first drive, if you can take me into, into what happened, you were driving down the road, you know, what, what did it feel like? What was going through your mind? What was the response? One one of the very first ones, you were talking about people taking pictures and everything, and and, and that's for sure. Uh, I took it for a drive here in of course, East Tennessee, and we were on a four lane highway, and I was doing about forty five or fifty. This is you know country road, not a not an interstate. 
about 45 or 50. And this vehicle pulls up, uh, it was a pickup truck, pulls up next to me, starts waving and everything and carrying on. And then somebody actually literally climbs out the window, gets halfway out the window, taking video of us as we're driving down the highway. And, you know, it, it's just the way it is. People love what we're doing. They, they stop us. They, 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 they followed us all. We, some, you know, we tow it sometimes, you know, to, to across country. It literally been in California to New York and Florida. And, and you know, we'll, we'll take a get, we'll take an exit for, you know, to fill up for gas for our, our, our truck and so forth. And, and, and people will follow us to the gas station and want pictures of it. We've, We've given demonstrations and discussions at gas stations, rest areas, you name it. We've had discussions there. Wow, I love it. And you did mention the speed. So I didn't know if that was something we wanted to talk about. But what do you envision being like the top speed on the shockwave motor phenomenon? (laughs) Well, with this one, the top speed is about 70 miles an hour. Wow. Which, you know, again, we designed it for daily commuting. So if you have to jump on the interstate, go down an exit or two, you've got the capability of doing that. If you're driving it just in town, you've got the capability of doing that too. We've seen some vehicles that they're limited to like 25 miles an hour on uh, on city streets, and that's kind of rough. I I couldn't drive downtown uh, Marstown if my vehicle speed was only 25 miles an hour. So. Yeah, so interesting. What's the what's the vision? I mean, here we are. You've got a beautiful product. A minimal viable product is out. Do we build an assembly line? Do we build them by hand? Some combination there of what's the big vision for the Defiant EV3 and and the rest of the you know line that you're going to be putting out? It's 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 designed for modular construction. Okay, so we sourced a lot of components from other companies. For example, motor, controller, battery charger, battery management system, those can come from different sources. And then we bring them together on the assembly line where we build the chassis. The fiberglass body is basically uh, one large piece with the doors and so forth and top and so forth. It's one piece. It's so light, by the way, two people can pick that body up without the doors and hold it. So it's very easy. So we don't need a lot of robotics. Uh, It's going to start out low volume. And, uh, you know, a few hundred a year, then a few thousand. But the beauty of it is, at most, there's about 10 hours of labor in the assembly of the vehicle. We've, we've, we've tracked the time with exit, And if we had everything there and can put it together, 10 hours of labor. So two people working together could literally easily build, you know, uh, two a day, literally. Wow. So we can, we can we can expand that way very easily. In fact, one of the things that we'd like to think about it, this has the potential of being built in smaller volumes in different locations of the country even, so that you get people who are in an area of Southern California or New Mexico or whatever, and you have an area you wanna invest in and build, we can build and sell right there in the local markets if we wanted to. That's interesting, probably could be done internationally as well. I mean, that- Oh, of course, yes. Yeah, that's- We already have uh, some people talking to us about potentially in uh, the Caribbean and uh, even Cuba. Wow. Let me ask a little geeky question for you because I'm looking at it. I'm saying to myself, how does someone like you, an innovator, a a, a Zykist, how do you take this vehicle, the Defiant EV3 and the the rest of the cars or vehicles, the roasters that you're going to produce, the car motorcycle mixture, I guess, 
And how, do, how does the insurance company start looking at this and decide how they're going to start insuring this? Does it just get insured like a regular motorcycle? It does. It's a motorcycle. Wow. That's what it boils down to. It's a motorcycle. Wow, that's incredible. Let's talk yeah, about the battery. Uh, okay. Because everybody's talking about batteries. You know, we, we oh, yes. the big players that are, you know, trying to figure out the battery situation for their vehicle. Right. How do we handle the batteries for your line of vehicles over at Shockwave? What these, what we have used, and, and again, these are even off-the-shelf batteries as far as that goes. We use lithium iron phosphate batteries. And what you have to keep in mind is there's a range of chemistries on the lithium ion batteries. On the one side, you've got those really super high density, smaller cells where the, where they'll have you know 8,000 small cells welded together and all that, and they store a lot of energy, but sometimes they have problems as as is well known. All right. On the other end of the spectrum, still lithium batteries, you have the lithium iron phosphate chemistry. This is an extremely stable battery. It doesn't have quite the energy density as the other cells do, but what that means is it's safer. These batteries, I've seen videos of steel spikes being driven through them, and they don't explode. They don't burst into flames. They don't do anything. So they're very stable, very stable chemistry. Wow, I love it. That's what we're using for that. That's cool, and, John. And because the vehicle is lightweight, energy efficient, it doesn't need to have super high energy density batteries. Yeah, makes sense. The, for the commuter. Yeah. Let's talk about what, what I'm going to call the the chassis, the, right? Okay. The, is that was that handmade to start with? How did we build that? Yeah, it's handmade. It's it's tubular steel construction, and in fact, I'll I'll, I'll introduce another vehicle called the Draco Sports Trike that we're working on. Uh, it's, we've got some pictures we just put, put on the website last week of it, first time we showed it to the public at all. And uh, that vehicle looks a lot like a sand rail dune buggy. It, ha it has two wheels in the front, one wheel in the back, no body on it at all. And we just, like I said, posted pictures just a, literally a few days ago of that one. And, I love uh, it. I love it's, it. It's, you know, we, without a body, people say, we like to look like that. It's a sand rail buggy, and they like to look. It has a rear hub motor in it uh, for power, and it also has the same size battery pack. We made it the same dimensions as for the Roadster, so we can easily put in either, either vehicle the battery pack. And that one, because it's extremely lightweight, and, of course, it, we anticipate – being able to certify it as an auto cycle as well for the same reasons, seats, shoulder harnesses, tubular steel construction, all that. Uh, we uh, hope to be able to get that going in the near, very near future and have it on the road. It has an anticipated top speed of 90 miles an hour. That's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. It almost sounds to me like you have a little bit, too much of a passion to make things fun for your clients. Is that the idea? <laughs> yeah. You know, I've seen a lot of electric vehicles and some of them are sports cars and do look cool and everything. But, you know, a lot of them are these little square, little shoebox things. And, and let's have some fun. Let's, let's make the drive to work enjoyable. Put a smile on your face. I love it. And of course, on that vehicle, I'm looking behind you. You've got the American flag blazing right. on the yep. side of the car. I love that. 
So yeah, it looks like it looks like the American Eagle with a flag. American Eagle flag. Mm-hmm. Is that part of the idea, John? Where these chassis and the vehicles are going to have some a lot of fun, dynamic sort of emblems and paint jobs? What's that all about? We 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 can do that, uh, but we're not going to make people have an emblem on if they don't want to. But it's going to be an option. Wow, that's cool! And you'll give them different options of the emblems sure. that they can have. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, American Eagle with a flag—that's part of that defiant attitude we have. I love it. I love it. And the wheels. I mean, I'm looking at the wheels. Tell us about the wheels on this vehicle. Well, the wheels themselves are standard vehicle wheels. I mean, they're just just exactly what you'd expect. Uh, It has a fixed gear ratio rear end in it that uh, single speed. And uh, the front now, the front, of course, is a front wheel design. So it has some unique applications of how it's put together. But uh, the tire itself, the reel, the rim are all standard. Wow. And what about when we talk about it's a motorcycle, Mm -hmm. but it has a steering wheel. It does. It has a steering wheel. And it has a foot brake and an accelerator pedal, correct? That that is correct. Mm -hmm. And and it has, has, I'll also mention, it has built-in regenerative braking. So when you take your foot off the accelerator, you're coming, you're rolling to a stop sign or you're coasting down a hill, you're putting power back into the batteries. Automatic. That's great. That's great. And this is an automatic, correct? Well, yeah, technically. I mean, it only has one speed as far as that goes. You flip the switch to go into forward. You flip the switch to go in reverse. So, yeah, it's, so it's, a, it's an automatic. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. When we think about it and we think about what you've done and we and we think about the way in which electric vehicles are becoming part of the future and your electric vehicle may be the future. How important is it for you and your team to also know that you're maybe helping the environment a little bit? Is that something that comes into your mind uh, during the process? For me, most definitely. I'm very passionate about the environment. Uh, When I got out, I was spent eight years in the military. When I got the air force, came back to East Tennessee and I built a passive solar earth sheltered home and for more than 20 years, lived off the grid, generating my own electricity off of a off a creek here in the area. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very passionate about the environment and and to realize, you know, what the pollution from typical vehicles do. Uh, you know, we we travel efficiency wise. People talk about, well, you know, you're burning electricity, fossil fuels to make electricity and all that. Well, yeah, that's true. You know, in many cases. But one thing to keep in mind is this vehicle goes 50 miles on the amount of electricity needed to make one gallon of gasoline. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. That's, that's strong. I mean, you don't hear that very often and you don't need a special plug. You plug it right into the wall, right? Any 120 volt outlet. That's amazing. Okay. Now, before I let you go, Mm -hmm. I want to talk about your military background as it relates to entrepreneurship. We love the military. We we support the veterans. We support veteran-owned businesses. We love. And people that I speak with, they love to hire vets because they've been through it. They understand a chain of command. They understand how to get things done. They understand how to put a plan together and execute the plan. In your life, in your entrepreneurial journey, how important was your military experience in bringing what you learned from the military sort of to your entrepreneurial approach. Spent eight years on active duty with the Air Force, and 
some of the keys that, that I bring from that is commitment. I mean, I joked a little bit about commitment and all that, but but you truly have to be committed. As an entrepreneur, you have to be committed to doing things. You have to believe in what you're doing and focus on it and and, and not get sidetracked. And, and, and that focus and commitment and so forth, those are things that I brought from the military to my entrepreneurial life as well. Wow. Powerful. Really powerful. Let's talk about the future. Okay. And then we're going to give back to the entrepreneurial community. I know we've only cut out a certain amount of time today. When we think about the future and we think about where it's all going, you know, you think about the future. I mean, here you are part of this electric future that we're going to call it. Are you scared about the future or are you excited and hopeful about what's going to happen in the future? I'm excited and hopeful. I mean, I can make a, a change. I can do little things in my vehicles and, and, you know, make that path and create a path that myself and others can follow. And I don't want to be worried about things I have no control over. I don't want to fear the totally, I don't want, I don't want to fear the unknown. I want to make the future. Yeah, that's good stuff. And of course, for the entrepreneurs watching the show, we're all trying to make the future and we're trying mm -hmm. to make it right. And we're trying to move forward with gratitude and faith and trust and be humble about what we do. So before I let you go, I want to talk about entrepreneurship because okay. we have entrepreneurs watching the show. Maybe they're putting out their MVP, their minimal viable mm -hmm. product. Maybe they're in a startup mode. Maybe they're freezing in the frame. Maybe they're freaking out a little bit. Maybe they're, you know, don't know where to turn. They don't have a mentor. Maybe they're having some problems or confusion. Mm -hmm. So maybe you could share, John, based on your wealth of experience for the younger entrepreneurs watching the show about what they can do to get through a tough time, what they can do to get through a wall, what they can do to keep on pushing when times mm -hmm. get tough. Believe in your, first of all, believe in yourself, believe in what you're doing. Uh, and the idea of making mistakes, well, I don't really call them mistakes. They're learning experiences. You, you may change, you may pivot directions in your business or whatever. And, a philosophy that I have as well, when it comes to goal setting, which I'm a very firm believer in, people say set realistic goals. I go along with that. you got to have realistic goals. But then there's another little aspect of that whole thing. I'd rather aim for the stars and hit the moon than aim for the moon and hit the dirt. Okay? Yeah. So you you got to set big goals. I and you got to stretch yourself. Yeah. Go for it, right? Go for right. it. That's right. I mean, Go for it. I mean, make the biggest dream you can. Mm -hmm. And hey, if you fall short, you're still living the dream, right? That's right. I love That's it. Right. You're living the dream every day. Every day. Every you're day. On the street in the Defiant EV3 electric roadster. I mean, it's super cool. I can't wait to see what happens. I can't wait to see these everywhere. I can't wait to get behind the wheel on one of them and maybe even try out try out that new. I think you called it a dune buggy. I the, mean the Draco. Yes, the, the Draco, Draco sports truck. Yeah, I mm -hmm. love that. So, and just the names themselves make me think that this is just going to be like an incredible success for you. And I'm so excited to be in early to interview you, John. I know you've been working on Shockwave Motors with your team for a long time, and here you are right at the cusp of making it a reality. So I want to thank you so much for coming on the dot-com magazine entrepreneur spotlight series today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure talking with you and look forward to talking with you again soon.